Hi, my name is Ryan McDonough, and you are listening to The Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show. Well, this is the closest to an emergency podcast that I think the solar panel has ever done. That being said, uh, emergent pod. We we were actually going to take this week off for the first time in, in three plus years of doing this podcast, but of course the Suns had to had to do some things and go and hire a coach. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, you are listening to the Suns Solar Panel podcast. We have Dave King. You can find him on Twitter at Dave King NBA. Greg Esposito at Espo, myself, Tim Tompkins at Radio Tim NBA. And before we get into all the Suns talk, I do want to take a moment to thank a listener for supporting the podcast. So if you feel like you get a lot out of the show and you want to donate a monthly donation, whether it's $1, $5, or if you do the $10 option, I'll personally send you some Sun swag. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Just open up the show notes below and hit the support the show button. Uh, and this week, we do want to thank Joseph Shook. So, Joseph, thanks so much. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joseph. We appreciate it. Hey, before we get into this, can we peel back the curtain? I know we got to talk about our sponsors. Well, let's peel back the curtain. It is a Friday evening. Uh, Tim, it's 1215 in the morning where you are. <laughs> yes. I, I am you sitting in. With Dave, is that it? <laughs> I am sitting in a car. That's 95 degrees using a microphone that my daughter, my two-year-old, pretends to podcast into. And, and Dave is uh, waking up from, uh, from his, uh, his slumber because it's 9.15 and that's about breakfast time for, uh, for Dave. So, uh, You're so kind. Thank you so we lo- much. We love you, Dave. It's good to have you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really miss you last week. Uh, Ashley was great. but um... no, you didn't. Ashley was awesome. You guys want to replace me with Ashley? I just know it. <laughs> no, and now <laughs> the list. I would want viewers, to replace you with Ashley. <laughs> listen, the viewers want us to replace you with. Yeah, Ashley, I would want but... to. Yeah, exactly. But now a word from our sponsors, Valley Boys Clothing, valley-boyz.com, uh, premium Valley Boys collection. They have shirts, hats, hoodies. There's a link in the show notes below. Otherwise, you can just go to valley-boys.com. I am rocking my Valley Boys t-shirt right now. Dave and Greg were doing it on the episode before last. So really great gear. We really like their clothes. Uh, go ahead and support it. Phoenix Locals. Um, a, a portion of the proceeds that they have goes to the Boys and Girls Club in Phoenix. So super legit, great clothing. Again, that is valley-boys.com. But that, gentlemen, that is not the reason we are here. The Suns, in a what I think is a very un-Suns thing, they have gone out and they have arguably hired the, uh, the most sought-after coach that there was so far this offseason and Monty Williams. And it's not that that I think is striking or uh, was surprising. It's the fact that Robert Sharver ponied up and they gave him a five-year deal. Well, we don't know what the terms financially are. Yeah, they gave him a five-year deal. Ten bucks a year. Yeah, I mean, well, it could could be exactly what he was paying uh, Igor just for five years. We have no clue at this point, uh, which which is fine. Come on, Greg. We can reasonably expect he's getting more money than Igor got. Oh yes. Well, uh, yeah. I somebody tweeted, "Oh well, we can expect that he'll get paid more than uh, more than Igor and more than Earl and all." That's great. 
getting paid more than those guys means you're getting paid like in the middle of the NBA, even if you get like a fourth more of the salary or third more of the salary because they were in the bottom third of the league. All right, league. All right. negative, Nancy. Jesus no, no, no. Christ. Hold on. Let me get to the Good positive, Lord. though. Look, I have graded James Jones on one hell of a steep uh, steep curve, all right? And, and I admit, I have been immensely, immensely hard on James Jones for, for multiple reasons. Well, no, that wasn't James Jones. That was a Robert Sarver comment. But I actually, I, you know, and there's multiple reasons why it happened. And part of it's personal. Uh, it's not personal against James Jones. It's just I knew the last regime. So I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. But uh, I am very impressed with what James Jones has been able to do with this hire. And it's not just because they got Monty Williams. It's because they charted a course He knew what he wanted to do. Not much leaked out about it. He went out and he got it done. And that is something that over the last nine years of this franchise isn't something that you can say uh, has happened very often. So I applaud James Jones for what he was able to do and how he went about this process. And you've got to give Jeff Bauer credit as well because his pre-existing relationship with Monty Williams, I guarantee played part of this. So I'm very excited to see what James Jones was capable of doing. If he can go out and execute a similar plan in free agency, the Suns are going to be in a much better place going into the 2019-2020 season than they were going into this previous season. All right, so so I'm very positive, and I am cautiously optimistic about this hire because Monty Williams is well-respected. I checked around with people I know in the league, and most said nothing but positive, that he's a, a great guy that will push these young players hard and that that he is a good coach. Now, I did have one member of an NBA staff uh, message me and say it was basically a terrible hire and it's going to be interesting to watch how Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton actually react and, and and interact with Monty Williams but that was one one voice in an overwhelmingly positive crowd of people that I talked to involved with the league with Monty Williams so overall I think this is a very very good hire for the Suns. Well, to that point, to that point, before throwing it over to Dave, one comment that James Jones said to piggyback off of Greg was, quote, this will give us a chance to demonstrate around the league that we mean business. Yeah, I think James Jones is getting done what he said he was going to get done and what actually what has been talked about with the Suns since uh, January, really. They said they wanted to add people with more experience. Uh, to the front office and the coaching staff. They uh, went out and did that so far. So you've got Monty Williams, who who's given a five-year deal. No coach has gotten a five-year deal under Robert Sarver since Sarver took over 15 years ago. And no uh, general manager <clears throat> has been hired who has experience. And, and while, the, while uh, Jeff Bauer is not a general manager, he's been hired as a senior vice president to mentor basically and support uh, the rookie general manager and James Jones. At least there is experienced guys in the front office who have long time experience and not just one year or a couple years or whatever. Um, so I, I really think they are making moves in the right direction. We'll see how it translates to the court. We just don't know. But 
at least they're doing things where, where Monty Williams has the respect as a coach around the league. Jeff Bauer has respect as someone who's done the job around the league. Not that he's very good, but as someone who's done the job. And I'm cautiously optimistic as well. So let's talk about Monty Williams' coaching record. Uh, five years as the head coach of the Pelicans during that time. He had 173 to 221 record. Two seasons with 45-plus wins. Uh, that being said, he did take over a tanking team at the time. Uh, two and eight in the playoffs. He got the... Pelicans into the playoffs three years into their rebuild. He worked in the Spurs front office. He was the assistant. He was an assistant coach for the Sixers, the Trailblazers, and OKC. And he was also an assistant on the U.S. men's team that won gold in 2016. Pretty damn experienced. Yeah. It is pretty damn experienced. It's pretty good experience. And he dealt with an unsettled situation in New Orleans. Um, when he came into New Orleans, um, as a coach in in the 2010-2011 season, they won 46 games and went to the playoffs and uh, took the Lakers to six, and that was with um, that was with Chris Paul and mid career David West and Trevor Ariza actually. Uh, for Suns fans will love that. Um, Emeka Okafor and, and Carl Landry and guys like that. So he had a pretty good team, a pretty good veteran team. They won 46 games as a rookie coach, um, and then things kind of went downhill because. What happened after that is Chris Paul was fed up after years of being in New Orleans and not getting out of the first round or the second round. And so they they had, they had that famous summer uh, where Chris Paul was forcing a trade. They tried to make a trade with the Lakers, and, and David Stern nixed that, and then they ended up making a trade with the Clippers. And all of a sudden now the Pelicans are starting over. So it took Monty three more years to get back to the playoffs with a new – uh, set of guys because there was a lot of injuries going on and um, Eric Gordon especially was his best player having come from the Clippers was now his best player and didn't want to be there remember his heart was in Phoenix uh, so it's just a lot going on under under Monty but what he did do is he developed a really really good relationship with Ryan Anderson when Anderson had his tragedy and, and had to miss a lot of time um, Monty Williams was was his his guy uh Monty Williams sat with him all night long while he was dealing with the loss of his girlfriend and then you know just people just loved the work that Monty Williams did and even though he got himself fired after five years coaching the Pelicans because they couldn't get deep in the playoffs um it wasn't his fault uh because uh the guys that, that had so many injuries and, and so much turnover on the roster so he, he is very well respected he, and then he lost his wife and took a couple of years off and the Spurs brought him back and put him in the front office. So we'd have a, um, a role where he wasn't quite as dedicated to the game. Didn't have to put all of his, all of his time into it that first year back. And then now he's been a year on uh, with the Sixers. So I think this is perfect timing for him to come back to being a head coach. And I'm looking forward to seeing how he's grown and evolved. Uh, but he's certainly, there is no better person in the league. Didn't he also have to deal with the New Orleans relocating to Oklahoma City and then yeah. back to New Orleans in that time? Like, so I, he had to deal with a lot in in that tenure as a head coach. And I don't think you were going to find a guy who would deal with it better than he did. And to Dave's point, you're not going to find a better human being than uh, than Monty Williams. Is everything I, I've heard, and I highly recommend going and finding the Ryan Anderson uh, profile in 
Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated. I actually just reread it right before we came here, and it talks about how Monty Williams was the first person there when Ryan Anderson's girlfriend uh, committed suicide, and he brought him into his home uh, and took care of him. It's it's a truly moving story about uh, how he knew that this was the most important moment uh, he had as a coach, and it had nothing to do with basketball. Uh, and that's the kind of person you're getting here. So that's a huge, huge win. That's not to say that other coaches – that have been here weren't good people, but I think he is very well respected and will care about the well-being of his players. But in the end, he's still going to have to prove it in wins and losses here in Phoenix. But uh, Alvin Gentry didn't have a winning record when they hired him uh, as their full-time head coach either. And he wound up having success on the court as well. So it's just about what you can foster with your, uh, with the group of players you have and how you can pull them through. I think uh, we'll see how he does with development. I find it interesting that uh, he's known as a defensive coach around the league, uh, and that's kind of been what his uh, calling card in the past has been. So that's uh, that's a big difference for, for a Phoenix Suns organization who, outside of Terry Porter, there really hasn't been a defensive, quote-unquote, defensive-minded head coach here. So hopefully we'll see a, a market improvement. Well, in I've, heard that too. I've heard that too, that he's a defensive oriented coach, but then you look at the Pelicans profile and actually during the years, he was the coach there um, in the early years of Anthony Davis and Eric Gordon growing into his own, they were actually a pretty good offensive team and a bottom third defensive team. So while he had a lot of reputation as a defensive coach, he didn't quite get the results out of the teams he's had. So, We'll see. Um, we'll see how he does in Phoenix. But people say he's terrible as an offensive coach. But they were top ten offense, and well, they say he was great as a defensive coach. And they were bottom ten defense. I think a lot of the reason people say that is, and this is going off of memory. I don't have it up in front of me. But his five years coaching with the Pelicans, if I remember correctly, um, they were twenty ninth and thirtieth. In pace in three of those five years, they were 22nd in pace and another one and then fell back down to 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, they also yeah. shot around the least amount of threes in the league. Uh, but again, that was a while ago. That was before he had a chance to to um, come back and work under some other coaches and perhaps change some of his philosophy. Uh, but the, the style of play that he had with the Pelicans, you always got to wonder if that is, was it, was that because of the talent that he had on the court? Um, I, you know, there was Omar Sheik, there was Anthony Davis, uh, Ryan Anderson, even though Ryan Anderson was a younger player, none of these guys are really known as, as, uh, you know, up-tempo fast guards, you know, it's not Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum that, that he had, uh, on those teams. Uh, Gordon, for example, I think in his first season under Monty Williams only played like nine games. So, right. Um, but <clears throat> to be fair and, and to further your point on pace, Alvin, the year after Monty Williams left, um, when they were 45 and 37 and, and lost in the first round to the 67 win Golden State Warriors, um, and then he got fired the very next year, they jumped to ninth in pace under Alvin Gentry. So it wasn't the. It wasn't, wasn't necessarily the roster. It's pretty much the same roster the next year, and they jumped to ninth in pace. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Some of it is the coaching, and we'll have to watch for that. Um, it would not be as fun to watch them play a really slow game. Um, but you know what? If they win games, I think we'll be uh, okay with it, right? Yeah, if he develops DeAndre Ayton into Anthony Davis, fine. Okay, right. great. Yes. Yes. Play at a slow pace. Don't care. <laughs> Do you think that it says anything of Robert Starber that he did consent or he did sign Monty Williams to a five-year deal? <clears throat> Given the it, other moves that he's made, uh, specifically with Jeff Bowers as well. No, it, it simply says that he's had three weeks where he's made three hires that people are, are excited about in terms of James Jones, Jeff Bowers, Bauer, and now Monty Williams. Look, you cannot erase 15 years of history by saying, oh, I've changed, okay? Right? That's, that's what happens in every bad relationship. You hear the, oh, I've changed. And then a week and a half later, uh, the, the person's still the same exact uh, person you've had to deal with. It takes time to prove that you have changed. And I am not buying into it until we see it for an extended period of time. And, and it's more than, oh, so he ponied up to hire a coach, you know, or, or according to Shams uh, with the with stadium saying uh, that that oh Robert Sarver admitted to Monty Williams that there were mistakes in the past we've heard this before from Robert Sarver and okay the big difference is they they signed an experienced head coach they gave him a five-year deal great that's a first that's a first step uh, on a road to recovery from being a shitty owner that's the first step but there's a lot more that has to happen before we can sit here and say, hallelujah, we've made it through the, the, the sewer tube that has been the last decade uh, and that things are better. So so I I am, again, cautiously optimistic that things have turned a corner. But don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Like, don't lie. Lie to me. Prove it to me. Well, and we don't know that they've lied yet until they prove until and unless they prove you wrong. Exactly. And, and there's a chance, there's a chance there is. And, and like I said, I, I'm changing my tune on James Jones. Uh, you know, I was very impressed with what happened here, but we need more to prove that Robert Sarver's changed. And oh, like, absolutely. He, he, we absolutely need more. And you're right. Every bad relationship, the, the person promises to change. And then as soon as things get comfortable again, they're back to their old ways. I totally get that. And you're right. Absolutely. Greg. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot, lot more that has to be done. Um, it is good that they announced on Friday that the Suns practice facility is going to break ground. The new practice facility that was promised as part of the arena renovation deal that uh, the Suns would put up all their own money for the practice facility. And that is going to break ground. It'll be at 44th and Camelback. It sounds like it's right near that old uh, um, that old shopping center and the, and, and the uh, workout place called The Village, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's right around in that area. Um, that's a really good area for the practice facility to be. They're going to have a couple of uh, courts there. And now with the changeover on the training staff, and I know I'm going to miss Aaron Nelson as well and his staff, but um, it sounds like they're going to go really um, big on that with, with partnerships from, from organizations that are going to run that practice facility, it sounds like. Well, I was half expecting in the press release about the practice facility to say and we'd like to thank our partner gold's gym who will be building this uh beautiful facility for us uh, sorry i again personal connection to aaron nelson i thought it was a little 
unclassy the way that the farewell press release to a guy that dedicated his adult life to this franchise and built one of the greatest uh, training staffs, uh, revolutionary training staffs in league history was treated as a, an ad for Stewart Health and, and Exos uh, training. Uh, the, but it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, how they structure their training staff. But yes, the practice facility and the fact that it, it, it... You there? News because that's fantastic news because we really needed uh, we needed to see that change. Uh, it's a 25-year-old facility that's very antiquated at this point. So I'm not sure I can agree with you, though. I mean, if you read the press release, Aaron got the first two sentences. Oh, and then the six paragraphs after that were, hey, here's a word from our sponsors. Like, why? Why? Just give him the, give him his, his press release and then announce your larger partnership uh, a day later separately. or something. Just right. Separately. Be, be classy about it. Those are the little things that make me go, has anything really changed? Well, no, and I think that's uh, I think that's evident that we really don't know that anything has really changed because what was a real problem with the organization was their uh, their lack of compassion for people who dedicated their lives to the organization. That's always been a problem and it continues to be a problem. And it just happened this week again. However, I will say it is interesting, the timing. Um Clearly, Aaron Nelson knew what was up come, uh, for a long time. I mean, James Jones mentioned innovative partnerships months ago, and now these these partnerships are all announced on the same day we hear that Aaron Nelson went to the Pelicans. So um, it is interesting, at least uh, I, I wonder how it all shook out, like if Aaron was going to stay and work out of that practice facility. Um, I don't know or if he was given a long-term notice and given a chance to find a landing uh, place before the Suns announced anything. But still, Greg, to your point, I mean, Aaron Nelson put so much time and effort into that organization, you'd think he would get um, you know, a, a place in the ring of honor and not yeah. two sentences in a press release. He started in 1993 and worked his way up, built that one trainer of the year, uh, did, did basically – helped evolve what was an antiquated practice in the NBA into the modern training staffs that you see and, and the, the, uh, the techniques that they use. So, so yeah, it deserved a, a lot more respect than he got. And I have a sneaking suspicion that this was one of those, let's agree that we're both going to move on because if you don't, we're going to move on without you anyways kind of things uh, is, is mm -hmm. just a, just a guess that I have in terms of how that went down. So I, I don't think, I don't think he was going to be here and that's why I even feel uh, it should have been handled a, a little nicer as well. One more quote before we get out of here. I want to see your guys' take on this. So James Jones, again, when he was on the radio, he said, Regarding to Monty Williams, this hire will be one of the most critical hires in Suns history. Yeah, it Absolutely. is. Because if he doesn't win, uh, it's not going to get any better. And if they fire him after a handful of years, they 
they're not going to get another chance with an experienced guy. So this, you pretty much this has if to. If they hire him, if they fire him after a handful of months, I mean, if he's here <laughs> years, then it's just like any other head coaching job. If well, you don't make the playoffs in years, you don't you don't stay in the job. When I say years, I mean one year and four games. There you so go. Right. That's that's what I mean. Like that that qualifies as years here in uh, well, <laughs> in Phoenix at this point. So the, the coach with the longest tenure since Jeff Hornacek is Earl Watson, who made it a year and a half plus three games. <laughs> you know, I the other there was another quote, and I don't know if you guys got to listen to the to the full interview, but uh, James Jones says. Something to the extent of, well, Robert Sarver's never in practices, which I can call BS on that from uh, from experience. I could tell you that Robert Sarver's been in practices, is in draft workouts. Like, let's not let's not again, let's not treat fans like they're stupid. You know, like you don't have to lie, uh, lie to people's faces about that. And he has a right to be. He owns the team. He can walk around however he wants in that facility. It's his choice, right? He pays the checks. He can do what he wants, but, uh, but let's not, let's not act like, you know, okay. James Jones may have been saying, you know, since Monty Williams has been hired, Robert Sarver has not been in a practice, which is 100% factually true. He has not been in a, in a Monty Williams run son's practice yet. So, well, you know, Monty Williams did tell James Jones that he wants Robert around and to be involved. Yeah, BS again. What head coach goes, I'd really like the owner to be, you know what? I could use a lead assistant. What's Robert doing? Would he like to move his seat over to this side? And he can, or he can I don't really know assistant. what I'm doing. Let's have Robert tell us how to run a set. Yeah. Do you think he could corner DeAndre Ayton in the hallway again and teach him how to box out? I really think that'd be good for our uh, young guys, uh, young guys uh, mentality there, you know? Uh, so, so of course, you know, again, we go back to, well, you know, when Ashley last week said, well, Devin Booker likes, uh, likes Robert Sarver. Uh, yeah, it's really easy to like somebody when they give you 150 million last off, 158 million last off season. And it's real easy for Monty Williams to say, yeah, sure. I'd love to have Robert around a little bit when he just signed you to a five-year deal, but call me in December when the team's on a six game losing streak and, and your owners hanging around and making suggestions on coaching. And then we'll find out how Monty Williams really feels about having Robert Sarver around. But overall, not to end this on, on a negative (laughs) tone. I mean, I, I am, I'm actually, excited and maybe maybe this is because i'm a sucker right and i'm just i'm gonna fall for this every time with this organization but i'm i'm optimistic about this and uh, i still think that that the draft lottery isn't going to get you one or two but i'm optimistic that that at least uh free agency might play out a little better because monty williams has a good reputation. Uh, I'm optimistic. Well, free, free agency that, isn't going to matter. I mean, at, at the end of the day, they don't have enough money to do anything in free agency, right? They could create. No, they, they they don't have any to start, but they could they could create space. The problem uh, for Ryan McDonough did is that he created space and then signed the first guy to try to lure the second guy, and the second guy never signed. So we'll see how James Jones handles Summers. Uh, but they, they they don't start with great space, but they can create great space. Let's actually close on how, on how many players actually applauded this 
move today. Not only did um, Brett Brown, his current, um, Monty Williams' current head coach, say you couldn't get a better person. And um, I also got another executive saying that Monty would be wonderful for the guys on the team, although he might clash with Robert because he wouldn't want to be overlooked over his shoulder all the time. Um, But players really love this. Wilson Chandler said great hire. Jared Dudley, who who has been tweeting positive about the Suns a lot lately on what the Suns can do to get better. And he did say Monty Williams would be a great hire. And today he's, he once again said, way to go, you know, great hire. Bradley Beal said big time on the, on the sign, on the hiring of, of Monty Williams. So, and then Kevin Durant had a long um, quote uh, talking in an interview today about Monty Williams, just saying, you can't find a better person. And he coaches the way he does because he connects with his players, because he he really makes a difference in his players' lives. And so um, Kevin Durant's – uh, I'm not saying that Kevin Durant will now sign with the Suns. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that there are a lot of players who respect Monty Williams, and they, they would love to play for him. But, you know, it may not be that Kevin Durant will sign with the Suns but or, or Bradley Beal demand to wind up in Phoenix. But what happens is – when other guys are, are considering Phoenix, you, you damn well bet that they talk to each other and they say, mm-hmm. well, what do you think? What should I really actually look at this? And guys are going to vouch for Monty Williams, you know, which is which is more than you can say for, for you know, probably other people that have been around this organization as of late. So uh, that that's a win. That's a big you don't win. think you don't think people dropped everything to play for Earl. <laughs> Uh, Baron Davis was probably calling asking for a chance to play for Earl, but I think that's about it. Uh, no, but I think I think that's I think that's a big uh, a big win, and you're you're just not going to find anybody that's going to talk badly about Monty Williams, the man, and and that I'm excited for that. And you know, it may not be a bad thing to finally have a coach that isn't afraid to push back on. on on Sarver and say, no, right. you're not going to treat me like that and have, have the clout to actually pull it off. Yeah. In fact, my response to that executive on, on, on Monty not getting along with Sarver, I'm like, I'm tired of coaches who would get along with Sarver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know what, honestly, maybe James Jones is a little bit that way too, where he's like, look, I, I, I can push back on this guy because what does James Jones really have to look? He's got enough money to never have to work again if he doesn't want to. You know, he's doing this because he, uh, you know, he he must want to be around the game still. So, like, but he doesn't have anything to lose. So, I, I think that actually could be a winning formula when it comes to dealing with Robert Sarver is having two guys that aren't afraid to tell him to to stick it if if they need to. And. <laughs> On that note, uh, happy to end this episode on a positive side. Uh, we will not have another episode next week. This this does count as the weekend uh, episode. As I was saying, we were expecting to have this weekend off, but we did not take it. So, Mr. Greg, Mr. Dave, it was nice podcasting with you guys. We'll be back. The draft lottery is coming up soon. Um, so we'll have lots to talk about. Are we going to do a live show again for the draft lottery? So We could. Maybe, maybe we will. We'll, we'll have to feel it out. We'll see how, how we're feeling. If we're still feeling optimistic by that. If, if we do, we'll drop a, uh, we'll, we'll drop a little five minute episode telling yeah. you. We could, we could call it the lotto pod. <laughs> lotto pod.
We know there are roughly 40 Suns podcasts to choose from. Thank you for listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast.